Welcome to the GMS Podcast, brought to you by GMS Distribution. GMS specializes in temporary portable power distribution equipment for the restoration contractor. I am your host and owner of GMS, Jared Steer, and today I will be talking to my friends. Yeah, there we go. And we are recording. I am here. Gosh, there's so much I want to talk about, but we'll start with my guest, Colin Miller. Colin Miller is on the podcast joining me today. Colin. Howdy, guys. So Colin and I just got back from a bear hunting trip, which is basically what this podcast is going to be about. Um, This is going to be a little switch from the norm of the GMS podcast, and this is going to be uh, me and Colin talking about the last week we spent in Idaho bear hunting. Yeah, the trials and tribulations of like everything that <laughs> everything that just had like has happened since last week. I we call it bear hunting, but it's almost like bear failure is uh, we were just is a little more realistic of how to of what we should call it. It was kids hiking day out there. Like we we weren't hunting. We were trying. We, we were, tried really hard. We tried. We tried our hardest, but you know, we also failed pretty hard, but we learned a lot. And in reality, that's that's why we were there, you know. It is, yeah. It, it yeah, is. Yeah, it was our first. I mean, we I've never seen a bear. You've never seen a bear. On our drive-in, we saw a bear on the side of the road. Uh, and then that was the only bear we saw for five days. But we can kind of get, I mean, that is what happened. Oh, I was so um, excited. I yelled, and I think the bear heard me through the car window, <laughs> and he ran away. So Colin is, so yeah, I mean, kind of some background on you, how me and you know each other. You're my younger, well, my younger brother, my only brother who's younger than me. Um, but you're a friend with him. You worked with my dad. You did some electrical work and that's kind of where I know you. But then after you graduated, you've, you've been on the road a little bit. You've been in some, some other cities and then you really took to the hunting thing recently and uh, teamed up with some people and and are really kind of developing that side of, I don't know, that side of, like, your career. But, like, that's – you you go ahead. Yeah. Colin, so you go ahead and – I guess some backstory is I worked for your dad for most of my adult life. I mean, I worked for him for six years, on and off for longer than that. And how old are you? Uh, 24 years old. So okay, so Colin's 24. Pretty much I've been working for your dad from the time I was, like – 15 until I was 20. Okay. And the only reason I stopped is I moved to Texas. So I grew up in Indiana and lived there my whole life. And then when I was 20 years old, I decided that, hey, I'm trying to, I want to do something different. I want to leave. Yeah. And just go experience a different part of life. So I moved to Texas, um, lived down there for two years and just decided that I was trying to do something even more different, a little bit more crazy. So I moved up to Colorado and I moved to Denver, did the Denver big city thing for a little bit longer. And after, I don't know, about six months in Denver, I actually moved into a van. So I uh, started doing the the van life, the van life, as you could say, the, the, as the few cops that have talked to me about it have said, oh, are you a part of this van movement? There's a movement. Apparently. I didn't know. According to the Boulder Police Department, there's a movement. <laughs> a fan movement. Um, which really wasn't anything to do with it at all. It's, I just, I really liked the freedom and the mobility that I had. Uh, I yeah. spent all my time traveling. Spent a lot of time. When I first, I moved into it in January. 
So I was spending a lot of time at the ski resort. I was like, well, instead of driving two hours every day, you know, in my pickup truck, why don't I sell my truck and I'll just buy a van. And at the same time, I also needed a place to live. And I was like, I'll just live in a van for a little bit. And then whenever I find a roommate, I'll just move into an apartment and I'll have a van also. Yeah. Well, I just moved into the van. The apartment just never happened. It didn't need to happen. Yeah. I had everything that I possibly could want. And I've always been kind of a minimal person. Like my apartments that I've had in the past, there's nothing on the walls. Kitchens have what I need. My bedroom. I slept in a hammock for like a year <laughs> in my apartment. And I was telling you about that the other day. Dude, I love you. Like I, yeah. had, I had a, in, in my apartment in Dallas, I had a hammock that hung on the balcony. So like if I was going to bed pretty late, you know, <laughs> had to be up for work the next day. I lived next to the airport. So I'd sleep on the balcony in the hammock because I'd get woken up by the planes that flew over. Natural it, alarm clock. Yeah. Dallas Love Field Airport starts flying planes at 6 a.m. Well, so I did that, and I also had one hanging in my bedroom, and, well, I just slept in there almost every night because I just would rather do that. So, And we did talk about that, which now I want to, I and I want to, I'm going to get a hammock. I'm going to I'm gonna try this because oh, like, you, you love it. I, I got two of them, <laughs> and, like, I went on a turkey hunt last year and pulled into the, <laughs> drove all night, got there at, like, 8 a.m., finally sat down to take a nap at, like, and granted, I have full-size mattress. Like, my my bed yeah. is with me all the time. So I pull into this campsite, and I'm waiting on my brother and my buddy Jason to show up. And <laughs> instead of, like, laying down in my bed, I just throw a hammock up and take a nap. And I ended up sleep. I mean, I slept there for four days, and I actually do that all the time. I'm just like, oh, there's my bed. <laughs> if somebody wants to sleep on a mattress, like, if I go camping with buddies, it's like, yeah. oh, somebody can sleep in there if they want. Because, like, I'm going to sleep out here on a tree. It's just like it's more comfortable sometimes. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. If you've never, if you've never slept in a hammock, like they're pretty sweet. So we get you to Colorado. You got the you got the van life. Now, what is that? What's that look like right now? Like what? And and I'm, I'm I'm leading you because you just came off of a turkey tour. That's where I want to go with this conversation. Yeah. So so, so, so want to yeah go ahead and start us off. I want to hear. I want to hear from the beginning. I want to hear pre-beginning okay. turkey tour. Like, how does this even, how does this happen? I know, exa- I know exactly where it happens. Yeah. Um, so, I decided to go back to college and 24 years old, whatever, not a big deal. I just was like, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to go get a degree. And so, I started in January 2020. was my first semester of, of college. Uh, I go to Colorado State University and I was going, it's like three months in and all of a sudden, boom, COVID like yeah. out of nowhere, which I think everybody knows what's going on there. So that starts happening right before spring break. And I'm in Aspen, Colorado on a skiing trip, ski for a half a day go back to this Airbnb that I got with a bunch of my friends. And all of a sudden, like I look on Twitter and every ski resort in the country is just like closed, 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 like yeah. all of a sudden. So we're in Aspen ski trips now canceled, can't ski anywhere. So the next we hang out for Was this like end of March, uh, middle of March, like middle of March, March 14th. Okay. So middle of March, 
ski resorts are closed. So I drive back to my buddy's house in Denver and we're just like hanging out. And I'm like, I don't really know what I'm going to do. Like college has also simultaneously been moved to online for the remainder of the semester. Yep. So I don't, at this point I'm talking to talk to my brother, talk to my buddies. I'm at sitting at their house and I'm like, I don't even have to be in Colorado right now. If I have to get quarantined somewhere, like I might, get stuck at your house and like I don't want to do that either like I don't want to be stuck in your house like I can't afford to pay you rent I'm a broke college student yeah so I made this plan that I was like okay well I can go back to Indiana and always make money like that's been a big thing for me it's like I have connections back there I can always go back there and have a job or a couple different jobs lined up so like in the back of my head like that's kind of what I'm planning in the next month or so well then i I call my buddy and my, I have this buddy, his name's Zach Farrenball and I met him, met him right after I moved to Denver and he runs a, or he's part of a YouTube channel um, called the hunting public and they're a pretty big hunting show on YouTube. Uh, They have a media company and they primarily just do hunting content. Oh, it's like his job is to hunt. That's his his job. His full-time job is, uh, you know, he helps run this media company and their big thing is the hunting public where they do deer hunting. And the kid's favorite thing in the world is hunting turkeys. So every year they do this big, they call it the Turkey tour. Right. And it's exactly what it sounds like. And this year there was like 15 States, 18 States planned on the Turkey tour. This is so, this is so like, it's, it's unbelievable to me, but it's so awesome. And I love that people are, that are, I love that people are doing this. I love that you did it, but yeah, go ahead. I don't, I'm interrupting. Go no, ahead. It's all good. Cause it's, it's just as crazy as it sounds. Right. Yeah. And originally I, I went on a deer hunt with Zach in January and a bunch of our buddies in Ohio, like the first week of January, a muzzleloader, right? Muzzleloader. Yeah. A, yeah. A late muzzleloader, um, deer hunt in Ohio. And there was like nine of us there. And while we're doing that, we're kind of talking about turkey plans. Like, oh, what are we going to do? Zach obviously is going to do this big tour. And then everybody else kind of lives, like one of us lives in Texas and a couple guys in Ohio. There's a guy in New York. And we're like, oh, we all want to like meet up for a turkey hunt at some point, but we don't know where. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll come. Maybe I'll come to like one or two states. Like when I get time, my other buddy's like, yeah, maybe we could all meet like South Dakota or come to Ohio, whatever. And. So, like, that's in the back of my head. Well, I call Zach after, on my way home from Aspen, and I was like, yeah, I don't really know what to do. Like, I don't have to be in Colorado. I said, I might go turkey hunting. Like, go turkey hunt a couple states. Where are you at? And he's like, just come on the turkey tour. Yeah. Oh, like, you don't care? He's like, no, it'd be awesome. He's like, just meet me whenever and come turkey hunting for as long as you want. And, like, to be clear, like, this is, like, this is Zach's job. Like, this, like... He's like, hey, why don't you come to work with me? Yeah. In a sense. In in a sense. And it's not like I could go down there and drink beer every day and not do a, I couldn't, I don't even have to hunt. I could just go camp with Zach. Right. I don't have to do anything, but, um, really, I'm really into photography and I'm trying to get into videography. So for me, he said, Hey, come on this Turkey tour. And I'm like, Oh, I can go down there and take pictures for as long as I want to. And then. I can ask Zach, I'm going to be with the kid all the time. I'm just like, Hey, teach me some stuff about videography. I'm like, 
how do you video hunts? What can I help with? Right, he's with a media company. Yeah. So this was on a Tuesday. We or on Monday night we had this conversation, and on Tuesday, I was on my way south. So I I talked to him, and he was hunting in Mississippi at the time. Mississippi is one of the earliest turkey seasons in the country. Okay. Um, it was one of the only ones open at the time. So he's in Mississippi, or yeah, he's in Mississippi. And the plan was let's meet in Georgia. Okay. On, this was on Monday. He said, Keith is coming down, which is another buddy who's in college in Ohio. He goes to Ohio university and same thing happened with Keith is like, Hey, school's online. Like let's go turkey hunt. So we kind of coordinated that Keith was going to meet Zach in Georgia on Friday. And I'm like, perfect. I'll be there. Like, I'll just see you guys there. Yeah. So Monday night. So from Colorado to Georgia. Yeah. So Monday night. Nice. It's determined that this is going to happen. Tuesday, I change the oil in my van, throw my snowboard in my buddy's basement because, like, I don't need that anymore and jump in and start driving. I made it, like, three (laughs) road trips in the van for me are, like, especially with no deadline. I made it three hours, and I was like, I'm going to pull up and go to sleep. I didn't even make it out of Colorado. It was so foggy. It was just super foggy, and I'm like, eh, I don't really have to go anywhere. So I yeah. pulled over, went to sleep. I didn't even make it out of the state. And then drive all day the next day, pull over, sleep after like 10 hours. This is like a 22-hour drive, to put it into perspective. So, right, yeah, from Colorado to Georgia. Yeah. So on day three of this trip, I get, I'm somewhere in western Tennessee, and then all of a sudden, like, I have no boost on my diesel van, like, it just no more power. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It just, I haven't told you this. Like, I was, yeah, I don't even know this story. Yeah, all, out of nowhere, like, I go to turn around, and all of a sudden, I can't do anything over 55 miles an hour. Like, it just, no power <laughs> up hills. Like, I'm in the mountains now. And like, yeah, you're I've, in Tennessee, yeah. I have no power. So I pull over, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with it. And I've never taken a vehicle to a dealership to get worked on in my life. And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with this thing. So I call up a dealership in Nashville and get an appointment for the next day, take it in there. They're like, oh, your whole turbo system's shot. It's like $2,300. And I'm like, is it safe to drive how it is? They're like, yeah, you'll be all right. You're just going to get horrible fuel mileage and you're going to have a heck of a time getting up hills. I was like, cool, don't do it. So I made them put it all back together. And at this point, we'd switched, because of corona and different regulations, we'd switched from going to Georgia, because we couldn't get a campsite, to Alabama. Okay. So now in Nashville, I'm a lot closer to where I was going to go. So I left the dealership, pulled over, slept that night, just like bummed. Like, man, my van's going to cost me $2,300 to fix. Like, this whole turkey plan is over. (laughs) Okay. And I was like... Also, I can't drive up hills, so I can't go to Indiana because I can't get through the mountains. I'm like, my only option is to go south, which will take me to Alabama. So I just kept going. And I just did 55 miles an hour the next f- four hours to get to where I was going. And I, Zach and Keith didn't even have a cell phone service. I had a general location of where we're going to meet, right? <laughs> so I just punch it in and punch in the, the forest or wherever we were going to go. I take two turns, and on the side of the road, they're they're sitting on the side of the road looking at maps. I'm like, oh, I found them. You got them. I found them. That's out of nowhere. 
And then, like, that kicked off our entire turkey tour of just, they'd actually, on day one, this is now Saturday. So, I got there on Saturday. They shot a turkey on, within the first hour of opening day in Alabama, they got there Friday night at, like, 11 p.m., and they shot a turkey by 7.30 Saturday morning. Wow. Yeah. So, like, they kicked it off with a bang, and just, there we were. And I eventually ended up fixing to close the story of the van as I fixed the van. It wasn't the turbo system. It was a single wire had corroded. So like that was it. Yeah. Corroded through and it oh, just, gosh. and it shut down the turbo system. So like, well, easy fix once you found it. Yeah. Two weeks later, like, <laughs> cause I was just like, yeah, whatever. And I'm pretty savvy with vehicles. Like I've worked on them for a long time and I just, Eventually, it was like, all right, I'm just going to dive into this thing. Called a guy on the phone. He helped me diagnose some stuff. And I started peeling back wires and like, boom, this wire's wires corroded in half. It's like, oh, well, that's that's pretty cool. So I saved myself a bunch of Yeah, that's, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. So now where do you guys go after? So you start in Alabama. You weren't, but you you weren't there. They had already shot the turkey by the time you got there, right? Yeah, but in the state of Alabama, one, one license, you get five tags. So oh, wow. So we hunted Alabama. We bought 10-day hunting licenses in Alabama. Okay. And I realized that I had no idea how to hunt turkeys the way that we were trying to hunt turkeys. I got completely humbled. And I, hunted, I guess what do you mean? So the only way, the only experience I ever had with hunting turkeys. Because I've never hunted turkeys, so I, I don't know. I don't know any. I mean, I have a general, very, very general idea. Okay. But, so I'll yeah. give you a, a brief explanation. So the majority of... The majority of the population that hunts turkeys hunts turkeys over decoys, and a lot of them use a ground blind. Which okay. Is, that's I've seen that, yes. The most effective way to hunt turkeys. How my friends like to hunt turkeys and how I'm now addicted to hunting turkeys is with no decoys, no ground blind, and you're just running and gunning. Um, so basically, you're making immediate decisions like if you hear a turkey gobble, you're moving in and you're trying to make a setup on that turkey right now instead of sitting on a field for four or five hours. You're you're moving so in. Kind of like like you're going after them, not yes. waiting for them to come to you. Exactly. You're you're okay. being very aggressive. Um, okay. Making very spot and stalk like, but here in stalk. Here in stalk. And, and you can call them into you, right? So you're still calling to them and bringing them towards you, but you're also, the way that the way that we've been hunting turkeys and the way that Zach's hunted turkeys successfully for a long time is very aggressive, move in, set up, and sometimes you're within, a, you're within 100 yards of the bird before you even sit down. Well, that's what I was going to say, like with the setup, right? So you, so when you... Like with the ground blind and the decoys, like you have that setup planned, you put it out and then you wait for, but this, you guys are going after them and you're kind of like set up on the fly. Like you're a thousand percent. Okay. So we, you'll go in most of the time. You don't know if there's even a turkey in there and turkeys will gobble. Turkeys roost in trees. They sleep in trees. Yep. And when they wake up, they'll start to gobble, and they might not gobble for very long. They might gobble all day. And the gobble is just a very loud, here I am. Like, it's they do it once breeding season comes around. 
they start to gobble, which is in the spring. So they'll start gobbling and you locate them. So now you can kind of pinpoint the area they're in and you'll move in on them and you use terrain features, um, different ridges, hillsides to get close to them and set up. And then you just kind of have to read what they, what they're doing and what their instinct kind of naturally they do. So the way they use different saddles and bowls in these um, hilly terrain, you're setting up based off of that. And then you attempt to call the bird in. Well, I had no idea how to do this. I hunted for 10 days and I had a lot of opportunities. And as my buddy Shane would say, like, I just went in there and I was yelling at just yelling, like scaring turkeys. Like, okay. <laughs> I scared, I, oh man, I scared eight or 10 turkeys in 10 days. Just like would go in and then boom, gone, do it again, do it again in 20 minutes. Like I did, I, an experienced hunter would have been very successful on my hunt in Alabama. I had a lot of good opportunities and I was attempting to be very aggressive, which is exactly how I will still be. Cause like, it's a lot of fun, but I didn't have any success. My buddy Zach shot four turkeys in Alabama in 10 days. And then another buddy. Wow. And then my other, yeah. other buddy Jake that we were with that uh, works with Zach shot three. So like our camp itself was very successful. Right. And then I just wasn't, which was fine with me. I learned, I learned a crazy amount. So coming out of that, our 10 day season's over. We take like a day of recovery. We're editing videos. I'm in college at this point. So like every afternoon, like I'm taking tests, writing papers. Yeah. Yeah. So coming out of that, three of us, me, Zach, and then Keith are, we decide to go to Tennessee we pick a completely random area in Tennessee. I didn't buy a tag in Tennessee. Zach's the only one that had a tag in Tennessee out of the three. So we just went up and we were filming. Keith would run a main camera and then I would take, I took a bunch of photos and then I was running just a secondary camera. Um, and we were in Tennessee for almost two weeks, probably around 10 days. Okay. Um, and Zach got three turkeys in Tennessee. Now, how many are you allowed in Tennessee? Four. Okay. But we... We did really good off the bat, really good off the bat, and then had a really bad dry spell due to weather, and then got one on the last day. Okay. And then after Tennessee, we kind of decided, like, hey, we're going to start, we'll just one per state, and then we're going to move on. So, so you're not spending so much time in a state now. Now it's just... Yeah, and, and we weren't, after that, we were like, okay, we can do this in every state. Like, we can shoot a turkey in every state, and... A little bit of backstory is turkeys live in 49 of the 50 U.S. states. You can hunt turkeys. So a big goal of not a lot of people, but some people, is to shoot a turkey. And this is, this is Zach's goal, is to hunt turkeys in 49 of the 50 states. So Shoot a turkey in every... Yeah. So a huge, a huge turkey challenge it's, if it, you're up for it. It's massive. It yeah. would take you... Take some people... Years. 30 years. Right. Um, so that's Zach's goal. And he's at, he's in the teens. He's, you know, he's doing pretty good. Okay. And so we decided that, Hey, just we're better off. If we're going to go to all these States, it's better for the habitats in the States we're in to just, let's just shoot one bird and then move on. So we started doing that at the same time. When we leave Tennessee, Keith leaves and his brother, Ben comes down so we just kind of traded brothers. Okay. Which is 
not a huge detail because they're basically the same person. They're both <laughs> aw- they're both awesome people. They're incredible to be around, and they have very similar personalities, and they're just great. So what we decided to do was we left Tennessee, and we're going to Virginia for four days, and Ben has a tag in Virginia. Okay. So we move, we go into Virginia, and we shoot a bird within the first hour of being in the state of Virginia. Wow. Yeah. Which was just, like, crazy. We're on a great roll. Um, and then we move hunt for a couple more days there and we moved to Ohio where we just hit a really bad dry spell. Like weather was wrong. We hunted there for almost two weeks and we didn't have any success. So now we're in kind of a slump and we decide to move up to West Virginia, which is, was kind of, you were in Virginia to Ohio, now West Virginia. Yep. So Alabama, Tennessee, Virginia, Ohio. Now we're in West Virginia. Okay. And we hunt there for five days, and Zach Zach gets a turkey. I had three separate opportunities on turkeys. My very first day, I had one in range, and I was getting set up, and, like, it was working perfectly. And then on public land, somebody else shoots at that turkey that I didn't know was there. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, 60 yards away from me, and I'm looking. I see it. It goes behind a tree. Yeah. And about 10 seconds later... Boom, gunshot. Somebody else shot at that turkey, and that turkey flew off the mountain. I watched that turkey. He missed. That oh, he turkey, missed. And, oh. that, and that turkey flew, okay. like, two miles off the mountain. Okay. So, like, that was my first day in West Virginia. And then, like, a couple days later, I had another one in in range, and I spooked it because I moved too fast. Okay. And then that same day, Zach got a bird. And then the, not the next day, the day after that, my morale was pretty low. I've been out here for like six weeks. I've been here for a long time. Pretty worn out. Seeing the end of my trip just because like I had this coming up and whatever. We wake up and it's raining on the verge of snow. It's cold. It's miserable. Most people would go back to bed. We wanted to go back to bed. We're like, ah, eh, we'll go out there anyways. We go out there and I shoot a turkey within like, uh, it was like 745. It was early. Like right away. Oh, right away. We get on one right off the road, and it was the most picture perfect. Like everything worked perfectly. Yeah. It was amazing. It was super cool. Um, Really cool footage. Like everything that the three three of us just executed everything perfectly, and then the turkey did what it was supposed to do perfectly. Like it was great. Just the plan came together. Yeah. And then after that, pretty much by – Shot the turkey before 8 a.m., and we were on our way to Maryland by 11 a.m. So now we're in Maryland. A couple buddies come down down from New York. Okay. And we hunt Maryland. They ended up staying for close to, like, seven days. And then Maryland was supposed to be my last state, but I ended up jumping up for one day and hunting with Buddy Shane in Pennsylvania. So I ended up finishing with... Maryland and Pennsylvania in like the last couple of days. And I, so that makes seven states. So I, I turkey hunted. I personally hunted or filmed seven states for turkeys this year. Right. In two, in the, over the course of two months, two months, drove like 3,400 miles across the country. Dude, that is so cool. Never, never slept. Oh, I take that back. We, there's a guy that Zach knows that let us sleep in his 
upstairs, like man cave. We slept up there one night. I slept in a recliner. That was the first time I'd been in a house in five weeks was when, <laughs> um, guy, he, uh, he runs a YouTube show or part of a YouTube show called the untamed. They're out of West Virginia. Okay. He let us sleep upstairs. His wife made us dinner. It was incredible. It was great. That was the first time I was in a house for five weeks. And then after that, we went and stayed in Ben's apartment in Ohio for 10 days. Okay. And like, that was weird. It was strange. But cause like the first half of that trip, it's like outside we're sleeping in camp, hose water, like that just roughing it. Yeah. Not, I'm, I'm never roughing it really. I have my van. Like I live in my van anyways, but like, it's still it's different. You don't go into a building for a while, especially with this going on. Like it was, it was pretty wild. So that was, that was that. And I, I really just had to put a, a date to finish it. And that leads us to where we're at now. Cause you called me and you were like, Hey, how <laughs> Jarrett called me and he said, how flexible are you? I said, well, <laughs> right now I'm sitting in Virginia, 24 hours from where I call home, hunting turkeys. Like, I'm pretty flexible. Yeah. I kind of do whatever I want. And he said, okay, well, how do these dates work for you? And I'm like, good. I think I can make it back to Fort Wayne, which is where my brother lives, and kind of going to be my home base for a while. I was like, I can make it back to Fort Wayne, get a couple days off, and then jump on a plane and come out, come out and hunt bears. Yeah. So I gave myself a couple days. I actually started a, rem- a remodel project. So got a little bit of work in, in those couple days off and here we sit. Yeah. After. Now we're out here. So yeah. So it kind of catches us up to where we're at. So for the last, uh, yeah, roughly the last two months, you've been in seven different States. You've been hunting turkeys with, I've actually been with in, your buddies. I've been in nine. <laughs> Nine states. Nine, nine, I've stayed in nine states. Yeah, including including well ten, including where we're at right now. Yes, we. Oh yeah. Now yeah. you're in Washington and Idaho. So yes, yeah, so you come out here, and now on my end, I wanted to. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. Maybe it was a podcast that I was listening to, but I heard about spring bear, spring bear hunting, and I knew I was moving to Seattle. I'm right next to Idaho. Idaho has an over-the-counter spring bear tag that you can get. Um, very easy. Very easy to get. No draw. You just purchase it, and yeah. you can go hunt bears in Idaho. And so I started investigating it, and I, I knew I wanted – I didn't want to go go by myself. And, yeah, reached out. I'm like, Colin will go. We, we talked <laughs> Colin about will it. go. It was like it was like six months ago when we was, first started yeah, talking about this. December, I was in your dad's garage working on my van. Yes, and you came out and you're like, "Would you be interested <laughs> in a bear hunt?" And I was like, like, "I need somebody to go bear hunting with me." The, the, the exact words were, "My wife doesn't really want me to go by myself." That's true. So if you would come with me, that'd be awesome. I think at that time, yeah, at that time it was it was a it was, like that was a rule. Like she's like. You can go bear hunting if someone goes with you. And I was like, okay, cool. Like yeah. now I just have to find, I just got to find someone. Yeah. And I've, I've never bear hunted before, but I've done some backcountry stuff. Um, not I was going to say, lot. yeah, you have, you have more backcountry experience. I don't, I don't have, well, 
I was going to say, you have more backcountry experience, but I don't have anything to, like, counter that. I don't have any. You don't have any. I don't really have any experience. And I don't have a lot. I did I did a decent amount last. I mean, I hunted quite a bit last year. Went on a backcountry elk hunt, backcountry mule deer hunt. I'm by no means am a professional, but I have experience and I've done it. And that was more than yeah. more than you had. A little bit, yeah. A little and bit more than what I have going I'm on. Pretty confident in what I do know. So it was just like, hey. You kind of know what you're doing. I want, I need somebody to go with me. Yep. Let's do this. Yeah. So since then, I watched every YouTube video I could on bear hunting. Uh, you know, and basically, I don't know anything about it. So I'm trying to educate myself. Um, you know, I want to I be successful. But I know that we're going into a new state. I've never, I've never hunted Idaho. It's a new state, a new terrain for me. So I'm trying to just educate myself on, on bear hunting in general and in Idaho specifically, uh, the best I can. So I'm watching a bunch of YouTube videos. I'm listening to a bunch of podcasts. Um, just before we started recording, cause I wanted to write it down cause I want to make sure I got it right. But I, I have, I put together a little bear hunting library folder in my Spotify and I have 17 podcasts that I've been listening to over and over um, but the two that were probably the most helpful, I'm going to give, I, I, I feel like I need to give some shout outs right now to these guys. Cause without like, without them, the, I would have never even attempted it. I would have, I would have never tried it. So the, the back country dreaming podcast, they had their guest Ross Niebuhr, uh, and he's a bear hunter out of Minnesota. And he really, I mean, beginner one oh one walks you through broke down what you need everything everything i mean you know and and that was extremely helpful talking about the gear that you need how to read a map kind of like here's the top five mistakes everyone will make don't do these five things which me and you did you we did one of them you did two of them with the ticks you're the ticks i didn't oh yeah yeah, we can talk about that. But yeah, so we did. We definitely did one of them. We definitely. Did. <laughs> but Ross Niebuhr and the Backcountry Dreaming guys, like that was that was huge for me. And then Brian Call, he hosts the Gritty Podcast. He had on Ryan Lampers, and those guys went on a bear hunt in in uh, pretty sure it was Idaho. Is either Idaho or Montana? I don't know exactly which one now. I think it was Idaho. Um, but they broke down their entire trip and, and that was, you know, a lot of information. So it was, it was very helpful. So again, big shout out to those guys. Um, because I feel like, you know, one reason, one reason I definitely want to shout, you know, give them a shout out. Cause I feel like, and even with my podcast, you know, I, I, whenever we record something, record something with a guest, it's, you know, we put this information out there this content and you just hope that somebody is able to get something from it. Use it, you know, and yeah, use it. And, and so for me, I a hundred percent was able to use it. I, I listened to them. I took their advice. I went hunting for six days, uh, in Idaho. And, and so, yeah, like I, said, I it's important to me that they get some recognition and that they know that, you know, the work that they're putting in, it is helping helping guys like me. And there's other, I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure there's other people like me that have benefited from it too. So anyway, okay, enough with that. Um, we decide we're going, but we're, 
you know, total do it yourself. Um, I looked at some maps. Uh, we talked to a, a forest, uh, forest parks. I don't know if he's a ranger, but he works for the parks department in Idaho. He kind of, I gave him my plan that I put together. He let me know that my plan was going to be under underneath snow until July. Basically said that your plan was not. Yeah, like, he was, it was like, horrible. He was yeah. I'm like, I'm like, so here's what I'm going to do. And he's like, okay. Um, first I wouldn't do that because you can't do that. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but then he got, you know kind of put us in a different direction. He helped he helped me along to get a different plan put together. Um, but yeah, I guess I mean we can we can kind of start. Right there. I mean, the the information that I was able to get, you know, we're, we're hunting a spring bear. Uh, bears at this time are coming out of hibernation. They're eating a lot of grass. They're eating a lot of green grass. They're expanding their stomachs. But that's what bears at this time, second week of May, third week of May, you know, last week of May, you know, that last half of May, they're coming out of their dens. They're they're just below the snow line, and they're eating a lot of grass is yeah. what is what they're doing. Uh, and now, you know, if you're, if you're a bear hunter, now it's up to you to go, go find, find them, find them, go and, find them. And I think one of the biggest parts for like getting started with where, like what we were doing to get that plan was the fact that you contacted the parks department and you were talking to, trying to talk to biologists and it doesn't matter really who you talk to, but those resources are there, you know, yeah. um, game and fish officers, state biologists, all, there's all sorts of people that are willing to share that information. Um, whether you're hunting bear or elk or mule deer, like you can get a hold of somebody that works for the state and they're, they'll gladly tell you what you ask them. They're not going to give say, you free yeah, the, information. But if you've done your research and you're willing yes. to ask the proper questions, they'll happily answer but they're not going to just tell you to go. They're not going to say, hey, if you go well, And that's here, the advice, you know, that's the advice that they gave on those podcasts I was listening to. They said, you know, don't call up and go, hey, where should I bear hunt? Because they're going to tell you, oh, you should go to Bear Mountain. Yeah. But if you call up, you know, well, for instance, when I called up, I said, I said, I picked this unit. I want to get away from people. I picked it because it's non-motorized. I want to hike in three to four miles. I'm going to go to this ridge because it's a south-facing slope. Uh, I saw there's a lot of clear cuts on it. There's a lot of potentially green grass on it. I have a north-facing slope right across from it with some glassing points. You know, I put this I put this whole plan together of what my hunt looked like. I was going to put base camp here. And I think that, yeah, I mean, if you call up and you're just like, hey, I want a bear hunt, where should I go? You know, they're like, yeah. Go to Bear Mountain. Go to Oregon. Go to go to Oregon. <laughs> go somewhere else. But you know, when I call up and I'm like, "This is the research I've done. This is why I think this is a good place. This is why I'm going to be at this point at this time." And I and and you could tell just being on the phone. I wouldn't ever say that he was irritated when I called, but it was just kind of like, "Oh, another one of these." Yeah, this guy. But then, as I started explaining to him like what I wanted to do and where the the spots that I picked and why I picked them and where I was going, you know, then that conversation started to really open up and, and he was more willing to help me with my, with my plan, you know, tweak my plan. He wasn't going to give me one, but he was going to like, okay, I see what you're doing. I like this. I like this, but I think you should go look over here at this Creek, not at that one. 
because that one's going to be under snow. I I like that you're here, but there, your elevation's too high. At that yeah. time of year, you need to be at this elevation. And so he he helped me with some of that information, and um, and so we put our plan together. Yeah, and that led us to still a snow lot. And still snow, yeah. And, and we still, basically, the first, we got there on Friday night. Yeah, I guess oh, we should just, like, dive in. I say we just dive into what well, we tried to tell Jackie, and before, she cut us off. <laughs> Well, my wife is hilarious, and I love her so much, and she's so cute. Um, but let's go. First, I want to say, you know, and this is from all the podcasts, because if there's anyone listening to this podcast that's like, hey, I might want to try bear hunting. One, put your plan together, and then call the parks department. Uh, because the parks department, like 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 I did, the parks department's going to help you, and they're going to let you know if your plan's good or if your plan's bad. And they were able to let us know my plan is bad, and then help me formulate a new one. So... That's like the first thing. Put your plan together, do some research, but then check it with the parks department. Uh, the second is realize that when you go over and you start hunting public land, some of those forest roads and logging roads are going to have gates on them. They're going to be closed. Uh, and the other thing, and you won't know until you get there, um, but then the other thing is, you know, based on the elevation of these roads, you're not you're not going over the peak. You're not driving on any ridge roads right now. There's six feet of snow on them. You're not even getting close. You're not even getting close. So whatever plane you put together needs to be at a low elevation so that you can even get to where you want to get to. You're not going high elevation right now. It's snow. You can't even, you can't do it. You can't go there. And there's going to be situations too, even at low elevation where, you know, maybe a mountain has that pass in a shadow and you're 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 still not you yeah, know it's, that happened to us quite that happened to us yeah definitely a few times you know um, what 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 is cool and what's cool looking back is we were able to figure out we're consistently getting stopped at this point the snow line might be at five thousand feet but we're getting stopped every we're getting day stopped on roads at forty four hundred feet forty four hundred feet so we stopped going over roads at forty four hundred feet if it if the road was over yeah and that was for us and we hunted the second week of May but it was you know for us if it was yeah if the road was higher than forty four hundred it's under snow where, like guaranteed where the, where the current snowpack is it's under snow you can you can look. Um, we learned about some stuff afterwards. There's a, a site called Snowtel. You can look at what the snowpack is currently sitting at. You can kind of gauge where you'll be able to go. But we found this information by putting eyes on it. So yeah, we learned, hey, our number is 4,400 feet. Let's look where we can drive below that and not push it. So, yeah, so, you know, lesson there, if you're going in, you got to stay at a low elevation. You're not going up and over nope. anything. If, if you're going over, you're walking. Oh, that's a horrible walk. But hey, hey we, we we did it. But. We did it, and <laughs> you you are gonna have to do it. You're gonna have to put miles on, uh, in my opinion. And in my opinion, hunting anything, the farther you walk, the more successful your chan- the better your odds are. I'm not saying you you're can, getting away from some I'm stuff. Not you're gonna see that you can't have success twenty yards from the road, right? But I think that you're going to find more opportunities five miles from the road. And that's just, that's how I like to hunt. And that part of that is yeah, based, I agree off, with that. based off the people I hunt with, um, based off the people I hunt with, like, that's just kind of how we do it. And it's like, we're able bodied to get away from people on four wheelers and people who don't walk and don't want to walk. Like 
that's fine. If you guys want to hunt like that. Well, I think, again, yeah, I think it's just a style. It's a style. And that's totally. a style that I like too. I like to, I like to walk. Um, and I like to get into units and I like to, I like to walk around. And I like to put eyes on stuff. And I think, and you're similar, you know, you like to hunt that same way. So that worked out well for us. I was going to say, so then the next mistake too. The, really? All right. We'll, we'll, we'll drop it back to the very first mistake. Well, no, I don't talk about ticks. No, the fr- we haven't talked about mistake number one. The snow? <laughs> Getting stuck in it. Well, yeah, well, we talked about, yeah, we talked about we couldn't go over ridge roads, and that's what we tried to do, and then... Yeah, and we were stuck for hours, and we were gearing up for a 10-mile hike <laughs> when... Well, no, I'm trying Billy to, I was trying to stay like just out. general, like I'm just, try, I'm trying to lead into that. I haven't got to like okay, our, okay. our adventure yet. I'm still oh, talking okay, about the okay. research that I did leading up, leading to our adventure. Gotcha. So, so the mistakes that you want to avoid, put a plan together, check it with the parks department. Uh, next, make sure your plan stays low elevation. And then the next thing is plan for ticks. Ticks are bad, bad this time of year. Um, I sprayed all of my gear and all of my clothes down with, I'm going to say it wrong, permethrin? Permethrin. Permethrin. Yep. I sprayed everything down with permethrin. I was fine. Uh, Except I got one tick while I was inside the car. So I don't know exactly how that happened. And you but you got it because you had shorts on that. Like, yeah, and I was wearing just my, my, my comfy clothes. I didn't have my... My hunting clothes on. And as a comparison, I I sprayed all my stuff in two months ago. In Alabama, I sprayed everything. But okay. then I, since then, I've washed all of my clothes. I did wash them one time. Okay. So coming out here, Jarrett hands me a bottle of permethrin. And he's like, oh, here, you might want this. And I was like, cool. And I just threw it in the car. I didn't spray anything. Day one, I think I pulled nine ticks off of me. Nine. Yeah. They were everywhere. It was well, absolute and it, insanity. And I almost want to say, like, you pulled nine ticks off you. We were only out two hours. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, all it, those day. Are, those it was were, two hours. Those were, like. And then you sprayed. Yeah, those were, like, look down and, oh, there's a tick. And Jared would be like, hey, there's one on your hat. Two minutes later, hey, there's another one on your hat. Here, hold still. I'm going to pull this one off your shoulder. Yeah. You got one crawling up your neck. It was crazy. And crazy. Then sprayed. And I didn't have any. Nope. And then I sprayed and never had another one. So right. that's. Huge product shout, shout out is um, the the company is called Sawyer's, then, and that's the most well-known permethrin. That's what we used. Yeah, that's and that's what I've always used is just Sawyer's permethrin. You can get it on um, Amazon. It comes in a yellow bottle, spray bottle. The stuff is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I can, I mean, and I can tell you, you know, firsthand it works. Me and you were side by side for two hours. I had none, and you had nine. It was crazy. Pretty cool. So, but then you sprayed? None. Yeah. None the rest of the trip. So, that's the other, if anyone's ever planning on coming out here, spring season, make sure, make sure you spray your stuff. And then also, uh, if you're bringing a tent, don't do a tarp. Don't run a tarp out here because of the ticks. And, and really, the permethrin kind of goes for anything. If you're going camping with the family and the kids, buy a bot, order a bottle and sprays your stuff Spray down. Your stuff down. Ticks are heavy in the spring, and every year, unfortunately, they get more and more diseases. Like, as long as, t- if you're uneducated about ticks, you don't have to be so afraid of them that you don't go outside. Yeah. But 
when you're out in the wilderness, check yourself every day because yes, the diseases you can get from ticks, you get after 24 hours. So if you get them off in a timely fashion, you're going to be okay. But make sure you're checking yourself and take the precautions that you need to, yeah, just to prevent them. Too easy. Um, and while you're checking, the one thing I always heard was to armpits. Arm, like, armpits, any anything warm, warm and like sweaty areas, and then under hair. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all the gross, all the gross areas. <laughs> so those are kind of the tips, the tricks that I was able to pick up even before this podcast started. Those are pretty general. Or not this podcast, or this hunt, this so, hunt started. Those are pretty general, like spring camping tips, right? Watch yeah. for snow, don't get stuck, ticks. Those are... Anybody, I don't care. Well, you say it's so general, but hey, guess what we did the first day we went out? We got stuck in snow, and then guess what we did the second day we went out? Pulled nine ticks off of you. Yeah, like it's a big deal. (laughs) So, yeah, everybody should know it. I know it, but I still do. These are just general general things. General things you should know, but like things things that I didn't really, wasn't really concerned about until they were happening. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so. Let's kick into Montana. Monta- okay, so we're gonna. So now, that's kind of the background. That's the background for for the hunt. That's that's how I got hooked up with Colin. This is the research that I had done, um, and now I pick you. Let's do this. I pick you up from the airport. We we pack the car, and we're driving. We have an eight and a half hour drive to Idaho. Yeah. That one place in Idaho. The one place in Idaho. And I'm going to, I would actually like to explain the the reason for, in kind of this industry, and um, most of the time, if you ever talk to somebody who hunts or fishes, they're not going to tell you exactly where they're at. And it's not, the reason that they do that is it's out of respect for the locals that hunt there. Okay, so like, we're not going to tell you exactly where we were because... Then it tells everybody, it gives away the information, not only that we we went through all that trouble to find, but you're giving away someone else's secret. And that's not something that we like to do. Um, on larger form, on larger platforms, it can really just like put way too much pressure on an area. So, sure. So when you talk about it, um, we just kind of like to remain anonymous with the place. Well, and I think, I mean, for me, honestly, I don't, even if I knew... Even if I knew what were these guys, Ross Niebuhr or Ryan Lampers or Brian Call, or whoever, you know, these guys that I'm listening to, even if I knew where they hunted, my personality, I still want to find my own place. I still want to, I still want to look at the map. I still want to use the knowledge that I have. Yeah. I still want to find my, so even if I knew where they hunted, that's not where I'm going. Right. But, but so for me, like, I understand what you're saying, but again, I'm not going to say exactly pinpoint where we were either because I feel like that's part of that's part of the hunt that I would take away from somebody else yeah and it's it's not really important because that experience of doing it all and being like we we found this spot yeah and then we you're losing part of it like you're definitely if you're trying not to do that part you're missing something because like that part's pretty cool that's the and it's that's it's all a part of it yeah. Map scouting. That's the part. I, I mean, that's one of the things I really enjoy. 
map is scouting that part is, of it. Map scouting is step one, which is pretty cool. 